0: Hi, this is Jonah Trebowasser. Welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary. Each week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. People applying Rotary's motto of service above self. And today my very special guest is from Louisiana, Kevin Wazan. Kevin, are you there? I'm here. Well, welcome to Radio Rotary. We're delighted to have you as our guest. And uh, Kevin, we're going to chat for the next half hour with you about that... Uh, oil spill that happened, maybe a little bit about Hurricane Katrina, and how it's affected uh, the people there and also industry, especially our industry. Tell us what you do for a living, sir.
1: Uh, sure. I'm, uh, I'm an eighth-generation oysterman here in South Louisiana. Uh, I'm also an elected official. I'm a councilman uh, for the Terrebonne Parish Council.
0: Now, we should tell people that a parish in Louisiana is the same as a county here in New York. Absolutely. And um, tell us how you, you said you're eighth generation uh, uh, lopsamen, uh, So lobstermen. oysterman. Oysterman. Oyster- oh, so you're just oysters.
1: But there no lobsters down here. We have All right. <laughs> we stick with the well, shells. I, I, I never crawfish, had, but no I've
0: never had the pleasure of being in, in uh, Louisiana, but I will as our radio rotary microphones travel down to the Rotary International Convention next year in uh, New Orleans, or as my co-host Sarah O'Connell says, New Orleans. New Orleans, she, that's she right. Is, she is a South Louisiana native and i should tell our listeners that sarah is basking in the sunshine laying on the beach in puerto rico but she'll be back next week so um eight generations of harvesting oysters uh, so i know how you got into it you just saw your folks uh, at it and your grandparents
1: sorry we don't really hire in the oyster industry we just breathe <laughs> <laughs>
0: what does it mean to be an oysterman i mean
1: do you well, go out you with know, it it personally
0: means? with nets or you have big boats or what
1: no you have boats and we use dredges. Uh, we, we dredge with the power, you know, what you'd call a power dredge on the east coast, but uh, you got a, a motorized boat and uh, you dredge off the sides. But What it means to be an oysterman is to, to truly live off of the land. Uh, it, it is really, uh, but land in this case is underwater. Uh, it, what's interesting about oystering is it's much more akin to farming than it is to fishing. Uh, oysters don't move. I mean, once they find a spot in the world and live, they never move their entire lives. Uh, so for us, we we can plant oysters, which means we get them to grow in a certain area. We can harvest or, oysters, uh, and we have a crop that's sitting out under the water. The, the difference between our crop and the typical farmer that you see out in the world, uh, however, is, is that our crop is underwater, and you can't see it. Uh, we just kind of have to know it's there.
0: And uh, this is uh, you're not a one man operation with this boat. You have a number of empl- you you had number oh. of employees, correct?
1: Sure, there's almost 200 people that helped to make this happen.
0: All right. So um, New Orleans, of course, and, Lu- and Louisiana have been suffering the one-two punch. Katrina, about five years ago or so, the great hurricane that uh, flooded so much of uh, New Orleans and um, you know, caused tremendous damage and, and economic problems and heart- heartache. And then suddenly we have the BP oil spill. How were you personally affected first by Katrina and then by the BP oil spill?
1: It you know, Katrina was uh Katrina was an amazing event. I mean the devastation and the impact on people's lives is something that those of us who saw it and lived it firsthand uh understand and, and no matter how much talking, uh, you can never kinda of quite give it to other people. When when I'm in a room with people who've never you know, who weren't here versus when I'm in a room with people who were, I do a lot more talking with the people who weren't here, uh but I do a lot more understanding with the people who were. You know, there's just no way to, to quantify what it's like to, to see 225,000 homes destroyed in one day, uh, where, with the BP oil spill, um, you know, with the BP oil spill, is very different. Uh, the BP oil spill is very easy to understand. In fact, in some ways, uh, in Hurricane Katrina, you could take 10,000 pictures of Hurricane Katrina and not tell the story. It Just literally, the story was too big to tell. You just couldn't catch what really had happened. Uh, the BP oil spill, however, has been exactly the opposite. Uh, one picture uh, of uh, an oiled pelican uh, tells really and truly more story than is even there <laughs> because we focus in on these these, these few uh, impacts, and, and Louisiana has almost, if you follow the coast, you know, if you walk down the coast on the beach, Louisiana has almost 7,000 miles of coastlines. Of the 7,000 miles of coastlines, you know, not even 200 miles of it were impacted by oil. But because the story is so easy to tell of the BP oil spill, uh, now uh, all 7,000 miles of the Gulf Coast, in the minds of most people, it right. is, that, is, is synonymous with that 200. Uh, this was a tragic uh, oil spill. I mean, it, there's just no excuses, and there's a lot of anger uh, towards the decisions that created this mess. Uh, but in truth and point, uh, it did not affect seafood. Uh, the way that that it, it was thought that it could.
0: Well, yeah. Let, let's cut to the chase on this. You know, people may be concerned that uh, if they c- travel to Louisiana and, and especially to New Orleans, where uh, tourism is such an important part of uh, the economy down there, or they are going to import fish uh, and and seafood products from New Orleans, that's it's going to you know taste like uh, putting your mouth around a gasoline uh, nozzle. Let's cut to the to the chase, and then we'll develop it more. Is seafood safe? from louisiana
1: yeah I, you know not only is the seafood coming out of louisiana safe I, I can guarantee you it's the safest seafood that's ever come out of louisiana there's more testing and proto- safety protocols now than there ever have been in the history of louisiana seafood uh it, we we joked for a while during the spill that if they did any more testing we wouldn't be able to sell anything <laughs> <laughs> there was a there was a time when we were sending almost as much product out to test uh, as we were to sell uh... So it, there's no question. Let me give you let me give you some. You know, people like statistics, and, and it's hard to see when you're not down here. Of the oyster beds in Louisiana, less than five percent of them were touched by oil. Less than two percent of them were actually oiled. You know, so less than five percent had an impact. Uh, less than two percent were touched by oil. Now there were a lot of mortalities in oysters, but that was from fresh water. The state opened up a lot of fresh water diversion, so they pushed fresh water from the Mississippi down a lot of channels. To try to keep the oil away right. from our estuaries, and it worked. Now that freshwater killed the oysters, so that's not a good thing. So the oysters,
0: the oysters uh, are uh, acclimated to seawater, to salty water.
1: Well, they they live in what's called a brackish water. They uh-huh. live in between the places where the seawater and the freshwater mix. It can't be too fresh, and it can't be too salty.
0: Right, it's very delicate. Um,
1: and so, uh, so the freshwater killed the oysters, but it it, it you know it kept the oil out. So the, the oysters we're harvesting now, the ones that survived, uh, have never seen oil. And in fact, most of the oysters that, that uh, our particular company is, uh, is harvesting uh, are harvested over 200 miles away from any oil impact uh, at all.
0: Well, how did the BP oil spill affect your business personally? Uh, I mean, you said you have over 200 people who uh, who work with you in this uh, multi-generation family business. Um, does it mean that nothing happened to you, or,
1: or no? You a lot a happened. We were we were the uh, motivated Seafoods was the only uh, oyster right. company to, to keep open the whole time. Uh, we never closed, uh, but all of our major competition closed. Uh, we were probably uh, the sole person who never uh, even shut down. We were we were very blessed. Our farms were to the west. That there wasn't a direct oil impact as far as. Uh, what what happened is you got a lot of government closures really quickly, mm-hmm. um, and so people ended up getting shut down from precautionary closures. And a, a precautionary closure is a good thing. I mean, what it says is there might be oil soon, so why would we be fishing this? Let's wait and see where the oil goes, right? Um, but what happened is you, you, we shut down the industry out of precaution, and then there was no mechanism to open it back up. <laughs> everyone, you know, hey, we need to get this precautionary closure. Well, how do we know when we can open it back up? Uh, and it becomes incredibly difficult to open something back up when it never actually saw an impact.
0: Well, now so, who was it that decided to close you down? Was it the government?
1: It was the, the Louisiana uh, Department of Health uh, in in chorus with the FDA and in chorus with what we have. we have here, something called the Louisiana Oyster Task Force, which is the industry arm and the industry voice in these regulations. And and the entire industry was in favor of the precautionary closures. We, we, the last thing we want to do is ship out a product that's been tainted. So right. it was with industry support that we put the closures in. There's no problem with that. I mean, we needed to do it, obviously. Uh, it needed to be done. Um, what's interesting, though, is the oil in, in 90% of the cases just never showed up. You know, uh,
0: up, up here in the north, uh, if you watch any of the news programs or the Sunday discussion programs, there are a lot of commercials courtesy of British Petroleum showing that they've opened up their checkbook to uh, reimburse industries and, and, you know, sports fishing, boating captains who uh, may have lost income because of the oil spill. Have they stepped up to the plate to uh, try and rescue your industry, the oyster and seafood industry?
1: They're stepping up to the plate. Uh, There's a lot of what we call oil fare out here right now. (laughs) As opposed (laughs) to welfare. A lot of checks being cut. Uh, You know, some of it very much needed and some of it very, very good. Some of it uh... You know what we find is actually places are sometimes losing employees who've gotten settlement checks, and the settlement check is for six months. So people are saying, "Well, when you know, I'll, I'll come back to work in six months." So there's when there's, the there's money a two edged sword here. There, there yeah. definitely was a need, and there were definitely thousands of people impacted that without that help uh... wouldn't be moving forward. But as in every disaster, you have people who would take advantage. I mean, but I think that by and large, BP handled the short term needs very good. Uh, the long-term needs, I think, is where uh, where there's a big question mark remaining.
0: And we'll uh, explore those long-term needs in just a moment, but let remind our listeners that they're in tune with Radio Rotary right here on Hudson Valley Talk Radio and around the world by podcast on iTunes and at www.radiorotary.org. My name is Jonah Treebois, and my co-host Sarah O'Connell is on vacation in Puerto Rico, but she'll be back next week. My very special guest, Kevin Wazan of uh, New Orleans, I should say Louisiana, an eighth-generation oyster fisherman, and he's telling us about the impact of the BP oil spill and how things are down there today. And let me remind you that Radio Rotary is brought to you by Rotary International, Hudson Valley's Rotary District 7210, and the Rotary Clubs of Arlington, Cairo, Chester, Chestnut Ridge, Congress Valley Cottage, Fishgill, Goshen, Highland Park, Highland, and Kingston and Kingston Sunrise and we'll be back with more of Radio Rotary after these important messages.
1: In 1985, while polio was paralyzing 1,000 children a day, Rotary International committed to a goal, a goal of ending polio worldwide. Very soon now, after contributing nearly $600 million and immunizing over 2 billion children, the goal will be achieved. Eradicating polio worldwide. That is humanity in motion. That is Rotary.
0: Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell. And this is Jonah Trebowasser. And we're the hosts of Radio Rotary, heard Friday mornings at 9 a.m. right here on Hudson Valley Talk Radio. We have exciting news. Starting in October, we're hosting our very own website, www.radiorotary.org. Not only that you can subscribe to our new podcast on iTunes or on our new website. So click here today. That's www.radiorotary.org.
1: Hudson Valley Talk Radio.com Red?
0: Welcome back to Radio Rotary as we uh, explore the beautiful Louisiana shores and what's happening in Louisiana with Kevin Wazan, an eighth-generation oyster fisherman who's telling us uh, how things are, are improving down in uh, Louisiana after the BP oil spill and um, telling us about how safe that delicious Louisiana seafood is. Kevin, welcome back to the second half of uh, Radio Rotary.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. So we, before the break, we're talking about um, the short-term uh, impact of the uh, British Petroleum, the BP oil spill, on your industry and on tourism and things of that nature. Now let's talk a little bit about the long-term needs. What is the future hold for New Orleans and Louisiana, in your estimation?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, we talked about short-term, and I think British Petroleum, by and large, did a very good job with short-term coverage. I'm sure there were gaps, don't get me wrong, and I have no, you know, I don't have a big love for the guys who did this to us, but the short-term, they, they've they done a pretty good job. They've they've stopped the bleeding. Where we have long-term needs uh, is really in, the, in the, the ideas of marketing, because, you know, again, like I said with Hurricane Katrina, 10,000 pictures of Hurricane Katrina didn't tell the story. With this oil spill, one picture told an even bigger story than existed and and it, it pulled my heartstrings like anybody else's but the reality was not everywhere looked like that uh we had 100 days of people watching live feed of thousands of gallons of oil pumping into the Gulf of Mexico and uh, you know feeds of uh, oil slicks with birds mired in them and and these are tragic images those images though what they did is they produced in many people the wrong impulse very many people now, consumers say, "Hey, Gulf seafood equals oil." Uh, which, as, 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 as tragic as this event was, it, this didn't touch ten percent. It didn't even touch ten percent of the seafood in the Gulf. I would guess that if you were to say, "Of all of the seafood in the Gulf, what percentage was actually impacted by oil in this spill?" It's less than two percent. Now, and that impacted- was that
0: was during the oil spill, and now at the oil oil. Uh, well has been capped um you're right. assuring and, us that the seafood is safe
1: yeah the seafood is safe the problem is that people still have this impression from those hundred days of images and, and look i'm like anybody else if let me tell you let me give you an example i've got some great oysters here from valdez alaska uh which of your listeners wants to eat those right now now mm-hmm. i would guess that a lot of people listening to this took pause Hmm, i'm not sure if that's safe you know, Valdez Alaska was 21 years ago, and we still yeah, have from that the Exxon wonder.
0: Valdez uh, uh, ship grounding, where oil came out of the uh, the big tanker that uh, was running into a rock.
1: Exactly, we had a big tanker spill there 21 years ago, and people uh-huh. still will pause and wonder if they should eat something from there. We're you know now three months out of the biggest oil disaster in American history. Uh, we have got to do a good job of getting that impression out of people's minds and showing them that seafood's safe. And I'm not asking anybody to take my word for it. For goodness sake, don't do that. Uh, What we have to do is get product out there, get people trying and seeing that, hey, this was a terrible thing, but it didn't stop Uh, us from being able to produce great seafood, because the Gulf is huge, and there are lots of great products, and by and large, animals are really smart, and they get the heck out of the way of these things.
0: (laughs) Well, Rotary International is showing its uh, faith in Louisiana by having our annual convention next year right there in New Orleans, and Radio Rotary will be taking our microphones there, and my co-host, Sarah O'Connell, who's a native of Louisiana, has promised me to, to take me to a different seafood restaurant every night on my fabulous Hudson Valley Talk Radio expense account. Wait, that thud you heard was our producer, Betty Renner, falling on the floor. She fainted. You know, Kevin, the last time that Rotary International had their convention scheduled for New Orleans, Katrina hit, and we had to move the convention to Los Angeles. So we are showing our faith in uh, the Louisiana and New Orleans area by having our convention down there. And... um, Tell us what is uh what's your affiliation with Rotary and what have you seen Rotary do to make things better down there Kevin
1: Sure I'm one of Rotary's uh, I I'm still in the application process in fact that's how new I am I've been visiting Rotary as a as an elected official uh I come into contact with the people who move and shake in my community and it it's amazing how what a high percentage of those people are, are affiliated with Rotary so I've recently started to uh, come into the Uh, rotary clan. My my application's in now. I'm I'm going to be a new member, and I've already been invited to this uh, convention in New Orleans, and I look forward to going.
0: Well, we look Uh, forward to seeing you. can tell the people in the membership committee that the uh, host of Radio Rotary, which is heard around the world on on iTunes by iPod, uh, definitely votes in your favor.
1: (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. I'll tell you that, uh, you know, one of the things that people can do, and and I know uh, that Rotarians are, are different than most people because they don't just say, what's the problem? They say, what can I do? Uh, And then that's one of the beautiful things about uh, this organization. A lot of people out there are going to be wondering, well, what can I do to help? And and I'll tell you that we have probably the best relief plan for people uh, in the history of Rotary. There's never been a more fun way to help. What we really need is for people to get out and and ask for Gulf Seafood. Eat Gulf Seafood. Go and eat some of the best shrimp uh, that the world has to offer. Go eat some of the best oysters the world has to offer. uh, and, And enjoy the product. See for yourself. Don't... Don't take my word for it. I'm telling you it's good, uh, but, you know, anybody who sells anything will tell you it's good. Uh, go, you know, to help, just go out and buy the product, and that will pull the recovery effort along. We we don't need millions and billions of dollars sent down. We don't need, uh, you know, uh, teams and teams of people to come. All the infrastructure is still in place. By and large, 98% of the resource hasn't even been touched. What that means is we just need people to enjoy it. People get out. Ask for it at your at your grocery store. Ask for it at the restaurant, uh, and and that will be the recovery right there.
0: Well, Kevin, that's a great idea. And as our radio rotary, rotary listeners are uh, sitting at the kitchen table, listening to us, uh, putting up putting together their shopping list for the day, they're going to put right at the top Louisiana seafood. Now, um, Kevin Wazan of uh, Louisiana talking to us live. Uh, tell us a little bit about the moratorium on the oil platforms. You know, after this great disaster. Uh, of the BP oil spill. I think it was almost a natural reaction of the federal government to say, okay, you know what, I'm going to put a moratorium, I'm going to put a stop on these oil platforms because they do get knocked over in great storms. This one was a, a, a still unexplained fire and explosion, and they've put a moratorium. Out there, is that something the people of Louisiana support? Is that something that's good for you, <laughs> in, in or no is it? In no means.
1: In no means. I, I, I will say that we added catastrophe to disaster. Uh, the moratorium that? Was, was perhaps, in my opinion, the moratorium was perhaps the worst single response to a natural disaster I've ever seen, uh, eclipsing that of Katrina or anything else that well, I've experienced. let, let me
0: play devil's advocate for just a second. We have all this oil spilling out. We've had uh, problems with these platforms before. What makes you say that it's not a good idea just to you know, take a breather, say, all right, let's look into this a little deeply before we go on with it, and, or, in fact, let's get off of the uh, dependence on even domestic or foreign oil and have things like the Nissan LEAF and these electric uh, I, well, cars going on? I think those out.
1: things are fantastic. I think that there's certainly alternative energy is the future of energy in this country, but we also have to look at the reality that that today that isn't, that isn't where we are. Right? There is no boat to harvest oysters that doesn't use some type of petroleum product, right. no truck to ship it that doesn't use it, no, no plastic packaging that can be made without petroleum products, and 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 although you say we've had problems before, in Louisiana, nobody lives closer to oil rigs than we do in Louisiana. They literally, at times, they're they're just miles from our neighborhoods. Uh, we have had one event like this in my lifetime.
0: Is that right? Uh, so,
1: so there's been one event. That's that's BP oil spill. It's never happened like this before. There are thousands of oil rigs in the Gulf of Mexico. Louisiana has more, Gulf rig, more oil production and more oil rigs than any other state in the contiguous United States. Uh, and w- this has happened one time where it's gotten like this. We are, our population is about 30 percent seafood uh, and about pro- well 20 percent seafood and probably about 40 percent oil-related. Uh, many families have a fisherman and an oil rig worker in the same home. Uh, You know, there's not – some people see that as a a kind of contradiction, but that's not a contradiction. Without petroleum products, I cannot harvest oysters. I can't ship them to market. I can't package them. I can't keep them cold enough to keep them good for people to eat. It is a symbiotic thing. If we had some other means of energy, if we had some way of producing the energy that we need, I would think that this moratorium makes a lot of sense. But we don't. And the reality is all the moratorium did is say – we're going to produce nothing in, in in our best production area of the United States right now. We're just going to buy more from other countries. I, 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 we countries saw, that sometimes don't
0: like us, right?
1: I'm sorry. Well, countries that don't like us sometimes. Uh, many times. And and I will say that, that we saw an immediate uh, depression from the oil spill, but the moratorium hurt our economy way bigger. The oil spill, our economy took about a 5% hit here in Terrebonne. Once the moratorium happened, we had about a 27% hit. The moratorium actually created more problems. Uh, I was in the process of selling the house. Uh, we had several people looking. Uh, we had not one person look at the house during the moratorium. The moratorium was lifted, and we got a contract on the house within a week. All
0: right, so people uh, are going so back to work.
1: They're, it, ba- they're coming back to work. They're uh, optimistic. It, it, you know. now, did, they're going back need- into
0: restaurants and ordering your oysters.
1: Well, that's what we're hoping. That's what we're hoping. I <laughs> will tell you that uh, that I I really you know that you I think a lot of people would expect that the seafood community would would be against the moratorium and against the oil industry, and that's just not the truth. That we have to work together. With without oil, I can't get my product. Now, I hope one day that there is a solar powered boat, or that there is some fancy new thing that runs on seawater that means we don't have to use petroleum products and i want to push for that as fast as anybody but the reality is that that even the telephone i'm talking to you on can't exist without petroleum products and so we've got to learn to live together
0: well kevin Wazan, that's a that's a a wonderful way to end our half hour interview but just remind people what's the best way to help uh, bring louisiana louisiana and new orleans area back on its feet economically
1: As it has been for generations, the best way to help Louisiana and New Orleans is to get out and have a great time eating Louisiana seafood.
0: Well, Kevin Wazan, thank you so much for joining us on Radio Rotary. Radio Rotary is brought to you this week by Rotary International, Hudson Valley's Rotary District 7210, and the Rotary Clubs of Millbrook, Newburgh, New Paltz, New Windsor-Cornwell, North Rockland, Pleasant Valley, Port Jervis, Poughkeepsie, my home club of Red Hook, Hi, Guys, Rhinebeck, and Southern Ulster. For the Vacationing Sarah O'Connell, this is Jonah Treebwasser. Thank you for tuning in and reminding you to join us again next Friday morning at 9 for another edition of Radio Rotary right here on Hudson Valley Talk Radio. website at healthsave.com. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-S-A-V.com. Leave the E off of save
1: for emergencies. CPR training is for everyone. Learn CPR. Become a lifesaver.